Welcome to Her Legal Global. I'm your host, Faye Gelb. Our podcast is dedicated to providing you with actionable skills to empower your legal career. And today we're welcoming Vanessa Denha-Garmo. Vanessa is a communication strategist, content creator, storyteller, and coach. And she's going to be talking to us about how to use the power of our story. She's a former award-winning journalist. And in 2010, she launched Epiphany Communications and Coaching. She creates content and writes client stories for their various platforms. She's worked with a number of different people to help them tell their stories and how to deliver them. She has training in both leadership and life coaching. And I'm very excited and want to welcome you, Vanessa, because this is very impactful and powerful type of skill that women in law actually really need to use because telling our stories can change dramatically how we market ourselves, how we project ourselves, and how we enter the room. So welcome. Thank you, Faye. It's great to be here. So Vanessa, can you just tell us a little bit about how you got into this very interesting type of career? How did it come to be that you're helping people tell the power of their stories? Well, I think I was always a natural storyteller, a love of stories. I was an avid reader as a kid. I used to carry around a little notebook and write little stories and make up stories. And I just really enjoyed storytelling and and listening to stories. And then I became a reporter which is very much storytelling. I was a broadcast and print reporter for many years before I became a press secretary for the largest county in Michigan. I did that for seven years. So a lot of what I was doing, I was, I was telling other people's stories as a reporter. And then when I became a press secretary, I was telling the county story to the media. I went on my own in 2010. And so I started working with my own clients on storytelling. And that's very much what press releases are. You have to tell a story to get the interest of the media. And you have to know how to tell a story for people to care about the story and for media wanting to report on the story. That is Um, so true. You really hit it there because we all have a story. It's a matter of how we convey it to get somebody's attention. Exactly. And it's like, it's more than the who, what, where, when, how, and why. I was just talking to a fellow reporter the other day. He's a colleague. We're working on a documentary together and he's an award-winning reporter. He's worked in New York, worked for the national networks. And he said, it's all about the style and the delivery. I could tell a story with another reporter, the same story, but, you know, one will tell it very boring (laughs) and, and he'll tell the story in a very lively way that pulls you into the story right away. And it's really the style of how you tell a story, whether you're going to engage an audience or not. And that's something that you work with, with your client. Absolutely. It's how, what is the story and how to deliver it? So tell us a little bit more about what is this? You just mentioned a little bit, but what exactly are we talking about when we talk about the story and we want to explore this? So, I mean, every, like we said, like you just said, Faye, everybody has a story. How did you become an attorney? This is an attorney audience. How did you become a lawyer? What prompted your interest in law? Was it a crime? Was it a personal experience? Was it a television show that you used to watch? I mean, what is it that really engaged you I mean, for me, my dad was a news junkie and I really credit or attribute my love for the news to my dad. He read every publication possible. The man, and he would circle the most obscure stories and he would say, hey, Vanessa, look at this. I think you'll love this. So that was very much part of how I became embedded into media and storytelling. But you have your own stories as lawyers. What is it about the law that you love so much that prompted you to go into this career that is not an easy feat. You have, what, seven years of college. You have to take 
you know, the LSAT to get in and then you have to take the bar <laughs> to get you have to uh, article. Places. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot you have to do. So what is it that prompted you to want to do that? How do you take that initial inspiration into what may evolve into a very different story for people? So you start out with that? Yeah, I, I always love to ask people questions. And through my questioning, I always can pull a story out of them. And I think I just listen for it. It's so funny because the joke in, in my social circles is be careful what you say in front of Vanessa because she'll find a story out of it. Right. <laughs> um, and I'll listen to somebody. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's such a great story. I just inquisitively love to ask people what goes on in their life and uh, what prompted them, what are their interests and, or what, you know, I'll ask a question like, what was the most challenging case you've ever had and how did you get through it? There might be a story there that they didn't even know is worth telling. So we're going uh, beyond, we're going beyond the who, what, where, why, and when of the, like, you're just your basic, this is who I am. I went to school. I did this. I did that. You're, you're looking more for what the person is inside. They're more about their emotions, their values, that type of thing. Absolutely. What drives you? Because the story connects us, Faye. It's like who you are internally, like connect me more to you and why I maybe want to hire you. You know what I mean? I, I always tell people who are looking for communication strategists such as myself or a coach, I can offer the same exact service as somebody else. And we could have pretty much very uh, equal looking resumes or bios or whatever you want to call it. But if you don't connect with me, we're not going to work well. And right. the story helps us connect to each other. And I think that's why it's so important that to know your own story so you can share it with others. We're definitely going on to our next point, which is why is this important? Is there anything you'd add to that? Yeah, because I think the story brings value. I think every single person in the professional world should have a value statement. You know, we talk about the elevator pitch when you're running a company. I really think, or, you know, when you want to try to get a client, well, what's your elevator pitch? To me, it's not the elevator pitch. It's really the value statement. And in that value, you tell a story. I, I'm doing a coaching series right now with clients called Career Match. And with this whole having to pivot because of COVID and finding new careers and people lost their jobs, I said, okay, you guys, write your value statement and a story that goes along with the value to show me that you gave an example of what the value you bring to this company. What's a value so, statement? Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. What you bring to the table, you know, what's I mean, an example. I, I'm a very detail oriented person, or I know how to close the deal. You know, so, I know how to get a deal done. Well, okay. You say that, but show me an example. How did you get that deal done? Tell me a story of a difficult client that you were able to win over. Or so it's different a, than a core value. It's an application of our core value. So say we're exactly. honest, like that's a, honesty is one of one that I pick as my core value. So it wouldn't just be I'm honest. It's how I demonstrated that in a story that happened to me where I was challenged ethically, morally, something that brought out that core value. Great example, Faye. And I'll tell you, I, I worked at the county for many years and I'm not speaking at a school. It was uh, reported all over the news. It ended up being an FBI investigation. And I remember seeing the writing on the wall and I actually put in my office a big sign that said, I will not go to hell or jail for any of you people. I literally left that job with no job, no health insurance. I walked away from a 401k. I walked away from a six figure salary. I started my own company with really no, no idea of really what I was going to do because my morals were being compromised. 
how would you yeah. turn that now though into a one line statement like how do we do that so you just demonstrated it what would be the value statement that you would say about it nothing i would do would compromise my morals perfect and, and i would tell you my story nothing Wonderful. i would do would compromise my morals so we can have more than one value statement though oh yeah i think you can have many i okay. i think you know, you, you should have, you know, I, I was telling my clients that I was working with have three to five very strong value statements and each one should have a story to go with it. The value you bring to the organization and a story that you can share that show you can bring that value. Very powerful. What often gets in the way of people doing this other than understanding the concept of it? I think sometimes people feel vulnerable telling a story. They think that they're going to be seen in a way they don't want to be seen, or uh, they think that they're not going to be as respected. They tell a story that makes them look insecure or weak in some way. But I think weakness can be sometimes your greatest strength. Right. I, I remember when I left the county, I actually got calls from people saying, okay, really tell us the truth. Where are you going? You didn't just leave without no job. And I said, yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I will make this work. I'll figure this out, but I'm not going to be part of an FBI investigation and I'm not going to be the spokesperson to compromise myself and represent wrongdoing. I won't do that. So we've identified that, you know, people can feel a little over vulnerable. And I see that a lot in my mm -hmm. community when people have difficulty, you know, maybe chiming in in a conversation or in LinkedIn, you see it, you see it a lot where people will read a post, you'll hear about that they read your post, but they won't necessarily comment. What do you do to get people to think about and then express this? That your LinkedIn example is right on, Faye, because if you compare LinkedIn to Facebook, I could post the same thing on LinkedIn and I could post the same thing on Facebook. Facebook, I'll get, I don't know, dozens of responses, all these comments. LinkedIn, it may be crickets, but I'm look, I know like hundreds of people are viewing it. Exactly. I think, I think LinkedIn is, is a platform that people feel so driven to be professional. It's or, intimidating. And they're, and they're very, very intimidating. And it's not this family-friendly atmosphere. It's this professional work environment. And they feel like they've got to put their best face forward, so to speak. I've got to put on this persona that I'm a professional. I act the part. I live the part. And I think they're afraid sometimes to engage and not sound intelligent. Where on Facebook, it's like a whole different ballgame. It's a whole different platform. People feel much more relaxed on Facebook compared to LinkedIn. They can let it hang out a little bit more. Yeah, let their guard down, exactly. So now let's just talk a little bit about developing this skill and exercising it. How do we go about developing our value statement? I think you first start out writing, what values do you think you bring to the table? What's important to you? Write five statements. I'm doing, I'm actually doing this exercise with my career match group next week. Write five value statements that are really important to you. And you could do this as a group. Okay. Right. Then take those five value statements and narrow it down to three and then narrow those statements down to one word for each one. And then use, use three minutes for each one to explain why that word is important to you and let somebody else hear it. Okay. That word whether it be family, whether it be career, whether it be being organized, whether it be your health, what are those three words that are your top values? And share this in a group and then let that other people in the group ask you questions about why you pick those values 
to flesh them out even more because they're going to listen for holes that you missed. They're going to listen for way. stuff that, like, uh, maybe you didn't explain yourself really well or they have questions. And so they ask you questions to help you dig even deeper into your values. But I would start, I'm a big brainstorming, free writing type of person. I think your best ideas come out of unedited stuff. Just write your values and write what you bring to the table. Think about your career right now as an attorney. And what value do you think you bring to your firm? And start writing those down. What I'm finding is that women are actually quite complex in terms of what they see as their core values. So it's often a very strong combination of more than just a professional type of value. We do have the family. We do have other priorities in our life. So how would you do that? Narrowed it down to your one word. You've got these three different things. Maybe you should just have two. How would you do it? You know, it's so funny that you say that, Faye. I did the same exercise with a group of professionals. And the way my mind worked, I didn't realize what I was doing until I had my three words. And I, these were a bunch of professionals. And I, my three words were God, family, and health. And I realized after I said it, I'm like, oh, those are kind of personal. (laughs) They're not professional. They're like more personal. And I really, you just hit the nail on the head. I'm in a place in my life that I am married. I have a child. My life is blended between my personal life and my professional life. I work at home a lot and I don't go to the office as much, especially during COVID. So my personal life has melded into my professional life. So I, people started asking me questions. Well, how do you bring God into your professional life? And I thought, oh, great question. How do I do that? How do you mix health with your career? How is that important? How do you take time out for your health when you're working so much? So they asked me questions that got me thinking about these value statements and how I incorporate it both in my personal life and my professional life. And that's what I love about the exercise is that people hear things that you're not hearing yourself. And they ask you questions to make you dig deeper. I actually recommend that you as attorneys should do this in little groups and do this exercise. So at the end, When you did this, I'm interested to hear how it it worked out for you. So did you end up combining these statements into more than one or you just keep them separate and that's you attach those to your story that relates to that particular core value? As I'm listening to it, I'm thinking that it would be very useful to combine more than one into a core value, for example, because we're multi-dimensional people and we're complex. It's hard to narrow it down to a one word. So do you recommend that? How would we do it? You could do it both ways. I mean, I, you, I definitely see your thought processes in combining them because we are such complex people and, and our life does get blended into each other. Um, what I did with this, when we did this exercise, I took all those questions that people asked me. Now, we didn't answer those questions with each other. Those were for us to take home and think about and answer them ourselves. And I started writing down my answers to those questions. And then I started writing value statements based on more information I had. And, and I blended some of them together and I ended up with several value statements, but then I told a story with everyone. So I ever, ever asked about my health. I thought, oh, I need a story to go with that. And I, I, during COVID really prompted me to start walking two miles a day. That became an important thing for me. I thought I have a beautiful neighborhood. I have a small neighborhood. Once around is a mile, twice around is two. I could do two miles a day. You know, so that's how I started incorporating health in my life. So when you do this, how does this weave into an elevator pitch? Well, I think depending on who you're talking to, I firmly believe that everybody should have back pocket value statements or elevator pitches. So no matter where you are networking, you have a story to tell. 
You have so, something to share. What about, okay, so let's take a couple of examples and just mm -hmm. uh, work our way through them. What if you are in a situation, you know, you want to go and speak with a partner in the firm. Do you think that that is appropriate to be using a type of elevator pitch at that point? Maybe you're talking about something where you want to forge a deeper connection with that person because you want them to care about you and align themselves with you as you negotiate and work your way through the firm. You want to be networking in a way that you have a supportive group around you as you progress through the different levels of the firm. So do you see that the elevator pitch would be useful in that situation or how would we go about it? I would call it an elevator pitch. I would really call that the value statement and a story. So always think about the value you bring to the, to the firm and why you should be working your way up, but share a story with that partner you know, connect with that partner with something they're going to relate to and start getting to know that partner more so you know what they care about. Find out what their values are, what their value statements are, what their elevator pitch is type of thing. But I would always go to that person with a story to go along with whatever I'm trying to convince him or her that I bring value and okay. that value I bring. I just want to tap into that reporter skill set of yours and ask <laughs> you, what kind okay. of questions would you ask that partner in order to elicit some of this information that would be helpful to the lawyer that's sitting on the other side? I would ask things like, you know, what was one of your most challenging cases and how did you get through it? How is the firm evolving today? Where do you see us going in five years? Where do you um, see me in this situation? Yeah, where do you see, yeah, where do you, how do you see me fitting into this firm in five years? Where do you see my value? What do you see that I bring best? How do I help this firm? How, how am I helping this firm move forward? Find out what they think of you. And where do you think I can improve? Where, where do you think that I could spend most of my energy to even be better where, than I am today? That's such um, an important point that you're making because I was just speaking with somebody and I think there's a real fear of, for a lot of women to ask for that really pertinent and important feedback from somebody they're working with to really understand how they are doing and not be afraid of hearing the answers and being able to incorporate that into the next steps that they do. So that's an amazing point. So just going back then, we talked about the partner. What about when we're out? It's a social gathering. It's a little hard on Zoom, but say we were at a yeah. social gathering. We're doing some networking. We're trying to, I'm an introvert. I personally find networking quite challenging. It's exhausting for me. What would I do in that situation? I'm sitting there, I'm meeting new people. How would I weave in my, my story, the value I bring to that kind of situation? I always believe the first thing you should ever do in a networking situation is ask about that other person. People love to talk about themselves and people that are extroverts really love to talk about themselves. So I would start asking about them first and then pick up on something like we're just doing right now, Faye. Pick up on something that you can relate to and say, oh, you know what? I totally relate to that. Let me tell you what happened to me a few years ago. And tell your own story that brings similar value. What kind of questions would you ask to get them talking about their story in this particular situation? You want to go beyond that. How, how are you? Where do you live? Where do you work? Yeah. All that kind of stuff. What case, if it's an attorney, what case are you working on? You know, what, what can you tell me about your case? Or talk about something current event. Hey, are you following this story in the news? I love current events because that's a great icebreaker for people. What do you think of what's going on in, in the city today? You know, the downtown or find something that's going on. I always tell people when they go to a networking event, 
read up on current events as much as possible so you have an icebreaker with somebody. Asking for people's opinions is yeah. definitely yeah. helpful to get yeah. a story elicited. Or COVID. How are you managing through COVID? You know, um, That's definitely okay. an important question. Yeah. So there, 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 I would just come armed with a few questions in your back pocket. Preparation to me is key. Okay. And once we've, we've worked uh, this value statement and we've got our pitch, what is the difference? Like where, where would it become an elevator pitch versus just a value statement? Elevator pitch is when you're trying to sell yourself, when you're trying to get a client. I think that's really important people, what I do, because I have to sell my services, right? So I have to show what I bring to the table. If someone asks, what do you do? You know, I'm a communication strategist. I'm a content creator. I'm a storyteller and I'm a coach. I help clients and from various backgrounds uh, tell their stories and share them on various platforms. I also help clients close gaps and reach goals. So and, you're talking about who you are, what you do, and the value you bring. That's your value yes, statement. But yes, you're using it in an elevator pitch circumstance. Yes, exactly. For a lawyer, that's a very uncomfortable place to be. So we can do the same thing, though, that you're doing with your clients, with our own clients, even yeah. if they are already in the office. Yes. But how so is that uncomfortable to you? Tell me why is that uncomfortable for attorneys? I think attorneys find it difficult to do marketing and sales. It's not something that's taught in law school. And the actual business of law is not uh, at the forefront of many people's focus or idea about what law is really about. It's not taught as a business. It's taught as a profession. Sure. The whole business side of it is something that people come to a little late <laughs> in terms of trying to realize that this is actually a key component. And that's sure. why a lot of, particularly a lot of women in law don't focus on networking because it's not something that they're really taught to realize is essential to their career progression. And that's why when we're talking and the power of the story is so important to get out there and also to see how it interrelates with the business component. So selling, yes, is very important. So we have to get over that uncomfortableness. And also with women in particular, I feel that sometimes we are reluctant to project our value. We talked about the confidence gap in our community. And one of the things that is very difficult for women is often to say they did something right. So it's like, yeah. yes, the team that's helped true. me. The team yeah, did this. Yeah, yeah. But you know, oh, yeah, and I threw in a little bit there. But that's why I think it's very important to do what we're talking about here. How would you suggest that we can get over that and get on with it? Okay, first of all, it, it's really you have to be confident in your value. And it took me a long time too. I kept second guessing myself and saying, am I doing a really good job for my clients? I, I constantly needed feedback. And then I'm like, you know, I've been doing this for 25 years. I know what I'm doing. I, you know, I've had all kinds of clients in politics and business. And I remember when I was putting together my LinkedIn and elevating it, the woman that was helping me, she's like, wow, you have a pretty amazing background in who you worked with. And I'm like, yeah, I, I guess I do. I've had some really cool clients. Like I took it for granted or I just didn't value it myself. And you have to start valuing yourself and what you bring to the table. Going back, the reason I asked you that question, I wanted to hear the disconnect. You know what the disconnect is? They think about it as sales instead of the story of what they do. Stop thinking about I'm selling myself. Start thinking about the stories that I have to share and the values and meaning my experiences. I've been doing this for 10 years as an attorney or I graduated the top of my class. I've had amazing cases. I've won amazing cases. 
focus on the story and not the sales pitch. How does that relate to wanting to connect with the other person and, and see what you can do to help them? How does the story relate into that? Because people connect with stories and stories always help to drive a point home. You can tell me you're the best attorney in the state of Michigan or the state of California. It's like, okay, according to who? And what makes right. you the best? That's why the story is so important. And it helps me relate to you and connect to you and feel like, okay, I'm comfortable or I trust you. People do business with people they like and trust. How are they going to like and trust you if they don't know you? You do this in a conversation. The person's coming into your office. They're sitting down. And how do you introduce this? I would first start asking them about themselves. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me about what you're going through and say, I, you know, I relate, I had a similar client or we went through a similar situation a couple of years ago. You have to start sharing them with them, your past experiences, especially when somebody's so vulnerable and needs an attorney, you know, they come to you because they're vulnerable and stressed. Right? Okay. They're stressed. They're vulnerable. They're scared. They're fearful. They're, they have unknowns. I mean, I'm not an attorney. I have to trust you to know your stuff. Right. And I'm putting whether it be my life or my house or my business on the line, whatever I'm coming to you for and trusting you're going to do the right thing. How can I trust you if I don't know you? And I think it's really important that you as attorneys share a little bit about yourself with your clients. So they feel that connection and they feel they could trust you. How do we make sure that we don't go beyond the professional line because it, it can get quite uncomfortable if you share too much and that's a fear. So how do we do that? Well, I would say sharing only your professional stories, your, your business stories, your, what you are as an attorney. Don't start talking about your husband and your kids. Um, <laughs> start, you know what I mean? Stick it to your professional experiences and don't divulge. Obviously you don't want to start naming clients. The crux of the story to know, yeah, I've had cases like this. I, I know what you're going through. We've been doing this for 10 years. You know, two years ago, we had a story and share a little bit with them, but always make it sure that it's, it's professional and it sticks to what your expertise is. What are the expected results if we do this? I think you'll build relationships with people and I think you'll build trust with people. And I think when people trust and like people, they refer people. You, you want to build your business on referrals and not, you know, I'm, listen, I know there's many attorneys that have billboards and commercials and they've built a successful career. But I think at the end of the day, I think it's about referrals and relationships and, and building that trust with people. So I think that you, you could start building a name for yourself within and let other people talk about you. How would you reach out to another colleague to get that referral work using this? Sure. Like uh, other attorneys? Yes, especially I, women, I sure. because they often connect well and can refer work to each other. So you're newer, you're wanting to build out a, a new business, perhaps, and you're now having to reach out to people that you sort of know, or you just have a name, or there's somebody on LinkedIn, and you want to get a real rapport started. So how would you I, do that? I just started doing a little bit of this with an, with an old connection of networks of people that I've known. I started sending them personal emails saying, hey, how are you? How are you navigating through COVID? I know a lot of people are pivoting. Let me tell you what I've been experiencing with my clients. And just tell, and I tell a little story. I told a little story in there. And then um, if, you are, if there's any value I could bring to a client or a referral, let me know. I'm happy to talk with you. Or let's get coffee. You want to do a Zoom call? And just put it out there. 
for help or offer to help? Yeah, I just offer to help or say, I'm here available. My services are available. If you know anybody that could use my services, let me know. And, or if anybody just wants a quick consultation, I do free consultations all the time. I don't charge for a 30 minute call or a 50 minute call to see if working with me makes sense. I would put that out there. And so for the, the lawyers that are doing this, should they provide some sort of value in that conversation? Do you think is that a professional way to go about it? Sales, you often provide a lead magnet. Obviously, that's not really appropriate. But what could a lawyer do? Could they offer some sort of paper or something that they've done that might be applicable to that area of law? Could they offer paper. to, you know, review something, tell them about some legal tech or something new that they know about? What would you say? I would say all of the above. I would tailor to who you're talking to. It may be an article you wrote, a blog. Maybe you were quoted in the newspaper. Maybe you saw an article that you're an expert in and you're an expert in that area and say, hey, listen, I read this. I thought this, uh, let me tell you how I feel about the story of this case. Share something, bring them, give them some kind of value of showing your expertise. You guys should be writing. Every lawyer should have you know, some kind of blog of their area of expertise and share it with the media. Media is always looking for experts. They're always looking for people to quote. How and do you, you do that? How do you share with the media in a way that's going to get your name out there to get, you say you're starting this new business and you, you've never done anything with the media. You don't know that many people in the media. How would you do it? Well, I would first start with writing a weekly blog, a weekly newsletter. I know another attorney, he's an estate planner, very successful. He has thousands and thousands of people that have subscribed, that subscribe to his weekly newsletter. And he's an estate planner and he's known, you know, uh, very well known in Michigan, but he started writing, writing these weekly blogs and all of a sudden more and more people started subscribing to his expertise and estate planning. And, and then, um, and then you could, you look at stories and you could call a reporter saying, Hey, look, I know you're covering this this story about estate planning. If you ever need an expert, this is my area. And just throw your name out there and, and show the reporter what you've written. And then add reporters to your uh, news blog. Find out reporters that cover law. Go, you know, who covers legal issues and your area of expertise, whether it be real estate, whether it be crime, whatever it may be, and send them your articles and say, hey, have you ever want an expert to talk about any story? Here's my information. Reporters love having experts in their, in their black book, you know, whatever it is. They love having it because you never know they're going to call you for a quote. And that just elevates your, your brand and who you are and marketing yourself. So the way to start is writing. I would start writing. I would do a weekly blog. Whether you're, whatever area of law you practice, you should become a thought leader in that area. People should know that's your expertise. Right. It's difficult, I think, though, for some people to get themselves out there on these blogs because there's a, you know, millions of them now. But you say that you could start out and get some readership, get something happening. It doesn't necessarily have to be that large before you reach out to the press, right? No, it doesn't. I think you start with your own platform on your own website, start and then share it on LinkedIn, share it weekly on LinkedIn. You see other people do this and find out what's going on on current events. Read what's going on in the world and write a blog based on current event issues, whether it be something with COVID or back to school or, you know, what are the legal issues around? There's so much talk now about mandating vaccines. Is that even legal? You know what I mean? Like, right. I want to know. Is that, can you really do that? Can you mandate a vaccine in the country? I mean, you know, people have all these questions 
about what's going on in the world and you have an area of expertise that you're really good at, write about that and people will pick it up, especially reporters, if it's timely. If it's something they're already reporting on, they're gonna want more. So if we had to list what a reporter's looking for, they're looking for experts, they're looking for timely information, they're looking for something that provides an answer to a question that the public would necessarily have or they themselves might think would generate public interest. Is there anything else that you would add to that? You hit it on the nail on the head. It's geography. When we're reporters, it's not just the who, what, where, when, and how, and why. It's what's happening now. Where is it happening? You know what I mean? So who is it happening to? Is it a big name person? Is it a celebrity? I mean, this whole story with LNG generous and toxic work environments and bullying in the workplace. Is there a lawyer that specializes in toxic work environments and the legal issues around that? Can she really lose her show? Look so it doesn't even things. have to be something that's happening necessarily in Canada that we could relate it to what's going on in the world. Oh yeah, in the world, absolutely. But it's, it's timing is everything. It's t- is it timely? Is it a big name? Is it in my backyard or is it affecting everybody in the world? I mean, what is the story and where's your expertise in that issue, in that area? That big name issue is a big thing because law seems quite boring to a reader. So it is really insightful. It's very useful information to know how to get that out there, how to connect it with the larger events that are occurring to make it seem more interesting and to have bigger and better publicity around it. Because if you're starting out, you don't know these things. So it's been very, very informative. Vanessa, I just want to thank you very much for coming on Her Legal Global today. Her Legal Global, empowering and transforming us through skills and shared wisdom. For other great episodes, follow us and be sure to check out herlegalglobal.com for a community, informative skills-based articles, and to work with me, your host, Faye Gelb.